WCIA 3-in-1 podcast. Brett Barron's here along with Andy Olson. We are recapping Illinois' 1.56-55 win over number 10 Michigan State. Andy, it's the best win yet for Illinois this season. Just their second quad one victory of the year. The only other one was Iowa, and that seems like a long time ago now. So Illinois gets its resume victory over a top 10 opponent, no less. And this one goes a long way, not only for the NCAA tournament resume, but I feel like for this team to build. Kofi Coburn out tonight, still in concussion protocol. Andre Curbelo also not even in the house as he is in health and safety protocol. And so that's the unexpected news. I think we were all kind of going in thinking, okay, is, is Kofi going to play? I don't know, Andy. Then we hear Andre Curbelo is in health and safety protocol, and we're going, okay, like that's a little bit different story for what we were. So what was the reaction? You were courtside all game. Uh, from that and how do you feel like the team handled both of their All-Americans out? I think the crowd had a big had a, was a big deal in this game because when you think about on Friday back in Maryland when the first game that Kofi Coburn was out and the first thing that Brad Underwood said in the post-game press conference was that he was disappointed in his team's energy and the and the way that they started and that they they didn't have enough fight and you can surmise that a lot of that has to do with the fact that Kofi Coburn wasn't playing. He brings a lot of energy to that team, a lot of fight to that team. And when you're going another game without him, him on the sidelines, you need something to kind of get the team going. And I, I bet that they were going to be more amped up for this one after that performance uh, over in College Park. But the crowd certainly had something to do with it because the, they were popping all night. And you can tell that after a few shots went down early for Illinois, they took the lead uh, for that first time after two minutes into the, the game and didn't give it back after that. It just kind of seemed that they were more zoned in. They were more focused in this one. That ended up being uh, what won them the game. Actually, what won them the game was the fact that they changed a, a three-pointer to a two-pointer yeah, from, exactly. from from Michigan State's uh, Joey Hauser. So, uh, no, I mean... The, the crowd we joke, was, but kind of. We joke, but yeah, it's, that's really the truth. No, they looked good and they looked I think their best so far this season and Brad kind of talked about after this game how they were muddying it up a little bit because I think they kind of had to they knew that um they had the man disadvantage they didn't have two preseason all-americans on their team so they had to do something to give themselves a chance they did the exact right thing I think Brad coached a great game and it ends up being their signature win of the season one that I certainly counted them out for (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people did, and they were five-and-a-half-point favorites, which was the crazy thing yeah. coming into this game. And, and you know, when you would have said, okay, you don't have Kofi, you don't have Carbello, and you're five-point favorites, what? I mean, I, I kind of had a lot of people scratching their heads. But after Michigan State scores the first five points of the game, uh, they take their last lead at 7-4, to four, and and that was it. I mean, Illinois led the rest of the time. Now, it got dicey at the end. Illinois' last field goal after taking a 34-20 to lead at half, Andy, which was remarkable in itself. I mean, absolutely. give a ton of credit to Illinois' defense. And at one point, I remember looking up, and Michigan State was 1-for-10 from 3 in the game. I mean, they were getting a lot of good looks. Mm-hmm. I think Illinois' defense deserves some credit. I also think that, uh, you know, they just missed some shots. And, and you're not going to have that most nights from a Michigan State team, but that's also playing the life on the road a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but Illinois takes... Uh, a 13-point lead with 9.47 left, 52-39. They score four points the rest of the game, Andy. Their final field goal was at 6 minutes, 13 seconds. I mean, think about that. They scored four points and one field goal in 9.46 and won the game. 
That's wild. I can't believe that. It didn't feel like that on the court either. It felt like, of course, sometimes we get so zoned in, us TV people, when we're shooting the game because you're just kind of focused about keeping the ball inside the the viewfinder. But, you know, Illinois still felt like they had all of the – momentum almost no Michigan State was able to score but they were just slowly chipping away at that it didn't feel like it all came in bunches and the fact that the the defense was able to hold them to only a few points at a time it didn't end up mattering on the other end that they were just missing some open shots I mean Jacob Grandison had a few open corner threes that he probably could have sunk on any other night that just didn't happen to go down tonight and it didn't end up mattering for the Illini which I'm sure they are thankful for and the fans are thankful for but man it it got sketchy there at the end, and it goes to show that Michigan State is a really good team, but that the defense from Illinois, if they didn't show up tonight, then this game is a completely different story. No doubt about it. Michigan State, uh, for the game, shoots 34.5%, 21% from three, three for 14 from the Spartans from beyond the arc. I mean, that's a huge difference in the game, and yet Michigan State still out-rebounds Illinois 41-27. to Illinois only makes three free throws in the game, only attempts seven, so Michigan State had double the makes of Illinois' attempts. Like, wow! So many things stat-wise in this game, Andy, don't add up to Illinois winning the game, and yet here we are talking about Illinois' win. And yet we're a couple of minutes into this podcast, Andy, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that Illinois is in first place in the Big Ten. Yeah, this That's propels them into first place. Nine games in now into the Big Ten schedule. So after Saturday at Northwestern marks the halfway point mm-hmm. of the Big Ten schedule, and yet here Illinois is controlling its own destiny. Now a half game lead over both Michigan State and Wisconsin, and this is what you asked for. I mean, this is all you can essentially ask for, especially coming off a game like Maryland. Where Brad said over my dead body, are we going to play like for the sake? Like essentially, that's what he said, he right? That's a that's a direct quote I, from Brad. I mean, over his dead body, they're going to play with that little of effort again, and yet here they come out and and they they did. I mean, Brad had him ready to play uh, yeah. in a sense, and they mucked it up, and and it is what it is. And so this wasn't necessarily a pretty game, but I think it was to script of what they wanted to do. Uh, they wanted to make it a. a fight essentially brad said he brought boxing gloves i love that into the um, film room yesterday before practice so they could you know take that kind of approach and hey whatever it takes from your coach to to get them to win and and yet they figure out a way to get it done despite getting outscored by 13 in the second half andy yeah just i I don't know what i'm gonna remember about this game is the the numbers don't add up to illinois winning and yet they come out on the left column, and at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. It, it does. It really ended up being the three ball that saved them at the end. I know that they took 29 shots, and it's, it's not as many as they took at Maryland. They took 35 at Maryland, which is crazy. Crazy. And made 11, right? And they 11, only made 35? 11. They made 9, nine to, to 29 tonight, tonight right? which isn't great. You, you want to make more than 31% of your threes, but that ended up being the difference in the game. The uh, Alfonso Plummer... Uh, making a few of them. Uh, Trent Frazier was only two for 10, um, so you would want to see more from him. But to me, one of the bigger storylines was the way that Luke Goody played tonight against a team that recruited him and liked him out of high school, went and showed them uh, what they were missing out on. And those are the important minutes, and those are the really important things and the moments that you need for the future of the program because – one of the things that took me uh, aback in the post-game press conference was 
Rod Underwood saying Luke Goody's going to be a 1,500-point scorer for, yeah, that's for Illinois. not a small statement. No. I mean, <laughs> that's like top 20 all-time in yeah. Illinois. So that just goes to show how the, the team and the program feels about him moving forward. So to get some of those freshmen more involved at this point in the season, this late in the season, just yeah. bodes well for what Illinois is going to be able to do because you're going to have some games down the stretch where you're probably going to see some other guys injured. And it seems like how can – any any more people get possibly injured for Illinois because yeah. everyone is injured. It's been bad. It's been they haven't had a fully healthy game all season, and technically they won't since Austin Hutcherson had that season-ending yep. injury. But they can still get back to everyone besides him. They haven't had that all year since Austin went out. So you know, having those guys get these moments and have these uh, these games is going to be super important when you need them down in March because that's when they're going to need to show up. Career-high 28 minutes for Luke Goody. Three of four, all threes in the game. Uh, had four defensive rebounds, a uh, couple played, assists. He played great defense today, too. Yeah, I, I thought he was really, really good for a freshman. We didn't see uh, R.J. Melendez. We haven't seen Melendez in a while here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really taken a step back. Uh, Pajimski did not get in the game. I think it's telling Coleman Hawkins only plays 12 minutes Omar Payne only plays 13 minutes, and we see Bossman's Verdonk with 22 minutes. He had eight points. Trent Frazier led all scores with 16. Uh, Alfonso Plummer with 11. Now, it did take Trent 15 shots to get 16 points. Not very efficient, like you mentioned, 2 of 10 for 3, but he does lead all scores with 16. And then you got Luke Goody there with 9, and uh, Bossman's Verdonk with 8. I thought Bossman's, if he's going to... Still rebounding an issue there. I mean, you know, what, two rebounds last time between Bossman's Verdonk and Omar, I believe, in the last game? Yeah, it wasn't good. It, it was not good there. So uh, tonight, Omar has three rebounds. Bossman's Verdonk has three. So six rebounds, a little bit better tonight, but still not the production you need from the five. And that's where you miss Kofi in this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this would have been a different game if Kofi would have been in there. They would have approached it, I think, a little bit differently, even though Absolutely. Brad said that. They we're just going to do what they do. Like I disagree with that a little bit from what we saw tonight, but it was effective, and I think Bride deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, Jacob Grand is in a little bit of an off game as well. Two for nine from the floor, 24 minutes, just five points. But they were just scrappy. They found a way to get it done, and I think these Luke Goody signs are really, really positive for this team. Mm-hmm. Not that he's going to make three or four threes every night, but if he's going to play 20 minutes, he can be productive on defense. I think that's Absolutely. the biggest thing that that I took away from that. He had the highest and plus minus. And if he minus, makes one three, yeah. one or two, sure. th- like he doesn't need to make three or four or even attempt that. But if you can just make one or two, you're being productive if you're rebounding and playing great defense. Yeah, and it goes to show that he's playing good defense because his plus minus was the highest on the team at great. 12. Yeah, phenomenal. It, um, uh, look, they're going to win a lot of games if, if he's doing that. You know, DeMonte Williams doesn't score. That's trademark 2019-20 DeMonte <laughs> Williams. And it still makes a pretty big impact on the game. And so, you know, I, I think it's just a really positive game for Luke Goody and a game where he can look back on this and say, hey, this is the standard. If, I know if I continue to play hard, I'm going to get mm-hmm. rewarded with minutes. Look, did he come into this game tonight thinking he was going to play 28? I guarantee he was not thinking yeah. that, right? And he even said afterwards that he prepares the same, and I'm sure he does at every time. But, you know, you could tell this meant a lot to him to get that much run uh, on the court. Marcus Bingham Jr. I thought was a mismatch problem overall. I mean, that dude's lanky, can really get up and down the court, do some nice things. And and I thought Gabe Brown was a mismatch as well, but you hold them to combine 23 points. 
Um, you know, overall, I think you feel pretty good about that. They did make eight of 16 shots there, but like, okay, you know, if, if they get theirs and no one else really does, which is essentially what happened, um, then I, I think you're doing really well there. And that's probably only get 55 points. Max Christie, the five-star recruit. I mean, that dude is really, really good and really long and he's going to be an NBA player one day. And they hold him for one for eight from the floor, just two points. Andy, I thought that was the story of the game defensively of what they were able to do. What did you see on the court from Christie? They look like he was pressing. Well, like, how did you see Illinois defend him so well? I, the first of all, the way that they defended Michigan State as a team so well was save a couple of instances where they were able to break free. They did really good on the transition defense because there were a few moments in that first half, two in a row, to, that stick out to me where Gabe Brown just went down the court. It was quick passes uh, up the court from Tyson Walker. He did a great job moving it, and and that's what Michigan State does. They run, and that's what Brian Underwood was telling us that they were going to try and look out for, and it showed. Gabe Brown was terrific in that, and then besides those few instances, overall they did such a good job of getting back on defense and stopping that fast break that Michigan State was trying to run because when they had to get a play and, and run a set, that's when Illinois had them where they wanted them. Uh, when they weren't able to run like they wanted to, Michigan State just felt uncomfortable. And I think that's not where Max Christie likes to run his game, is through these sets and trying to match up one-on-one on some of these guys. Because you put Trent, you put DeMonte on him, and, you know, I mean, you feel like you put DeMonte on anyone. He's kind yeah. of able, able to defend him. But Max, when he got into those matchups, it just seemed like he wasn't able to find ways to get by guys. And that's hard to do. So credit the Illini for finding that weakness in his game and forcing him into tough shots. And it seemed like everyone on Michigan State was forced to take tough shots tonight, Um, especially inside. You mentioned Bingham being a matchup problem and Bossman without Kofi for sure. Exactly. That's where I think it's the mismatch. Yeah, if Kofi's in there, I think it's completely different. Yeah, and and Bossman's for Donk and Omar Payne. I think did a, a reasonably good job on you know. I don't want to say going with contact, but you got to make them a little uncomfortable. You can't just sure. let them blow you over or anything like that. And credit to the refs for letting them play a little bit there and not calling every little push or anything like that. And being more physical helped Illinois in this one. So overall, I mean, just getting back and being physical, I think, was the difference. And when Michigan State can't run, they looked uncomfortable out there. Yeah, I think Illinois' defense was was strong. And the shots that Michigan State did have that were open – they didn't make exactly, yeah. and that's part of being on the road in the Big Ten as well. That's just going to happen when you when you go on the road. Sometimes, uh, overall, I think this is a really solid win for Illinois. Point guard play an issue for Michigan State, man. Like they <laughs> they really struggled at the point of attack for just really getting into their offense and into a flow. And like we mentioned, I think a lot of that credit goes to Illinois as well. All right, so now you go to Northwestern on Saturday. Northwestern's a team that already beat Michigan State mm-hmm. once this year. They have some talent. I don't think overall they're a very good team, but you got to go on the road and you got to win before you come yeah. home and and play Wisconsin next Wednesday, which is obviously going to be another high level game or what we would expect to be Northwestern towards the bottom of the Big Ten standing. So, uh, how do they kind of regroup? We don't know about Kofi or Carbello. We're going to mm-hmm. go into Saturday most likely once again having these question marks. Yeah, uh, I don't think Brad's going to give much on Friday before we before the game when we talk to them would be my guess that he's he's going to keep that pretty mum if he can because he wants a competitive advantage yeah, it's there. It's a gamesmanship. Absolutely. So we're not going to know going into Saturday what that looks like again. 
But I think this game, Andy, gives me some confidence that they can go and win a game without their two preseason All-Americans. I think that should so. be encouraging for them. Especially if if Nance is going to be back. I know that they beat yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, he's been State. out too. Yeah, I know that they beat Michigan State Northwestern without Nance. So that, that would be huge if Illinois can catch them without him. Um, at this part of the season, it's a game that Illinois should win, just like they should have won Maryland. You're not going to win all the ones that you should win, or else you just play the games on paper. You got to play them yeah. in real life. Uh, but they absolutely need this one to keep their advantage in the Big Ten. And if you're going to end up winning the conference, you can't be losing to teams like Northwestern and, and Maryland every time that you play them. Right? You know, you know, on the road. you, yeah. you, you yeah. got to beat the people that you need to beat to get to that point. And it's going to be such a fun matchup. I was there last year at. Welsh Ryan Arena, so uh, it's a fun little venue. I'm excited to see it again this coming Saturday. It's a fun little Missouri Valley venue. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a little small. Yeah. Well, I, I got a soft, a I got a soft spot in my heart for Missouri Valley yeah, yeah, venues. Um, I've seen a lot of them. Don't yeah. get me wrong. <laughs> Made a lot of those road trips. Uh, it's has to be one that they get, and, yeah. and maybe it's a game where guys like Luke Goody can step up again, or we can see guys like R.J. Melendez. And uh, Brandon Pajimski, you know, have some moments where they see some more playing time because you'd think that you'd be able to handle a team like that. It's not always how it's going to go. You should be able to, but you should be able to beat Maryland, and they weren't able to do that either. Exactly. You know, give a lot of credit to the Illini for bouncing back after that Maryland game and and having the energy and and the wherewithal to know that they got to come out and play with that if if they're going to win in the Big Ten. Illinois now 14-5, 7-2 in the Big Ten, sitting atop the league standings half game over Michigan State and Wisconsin. Andy, final thoughts from this win as Illinois looks to turn the page and in the week halfway through the Big Ten. It's kind of crazy to think we're halfway through essentially yeah. the Big Ten schedule already. This was a season-changing win in my mind, or at least one that was at a crossroads in this Illinois season. Because yeah, you lose this one, it feels a whole lot different now if you're 6-3 and three in the Big Ten and, and a full game behind Michigan State. You know, you're now behind Wisconsin, who doesn't play until Thursday at Nebraska. It's like things are different. I agree with Mm -hmm. you if you lose this game. I don't think I would have blamed them if they lost this game. No, nobody would have. Exactly. You were without Curbelo. You were without Coburn. No one is like, Illinois is a bad team. They lost this game. But the loss still counts as a loss overall in the record. And it kind of... It puts you behind the eight ball of where yeah. Michigan State was going to go, and, and you still have to go to East Lansing. You still have to play Wisconsin twice in the second half of the Big Ten schedule. I think I have once. One, once, excuse yeah, me. here once, but you do yes. go back to Michigan, which I yes. know that's going to be different. I feel like these games that they're getting now with guys out, like Michigan, when mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, some of these guys are out, and you're going to see Michigan again later in February. You're going to see Michigan State again in the middle of February. You're going to see Rutgers again. Like, yeah. you know, the team, uh, you blow out a Rutgers team at home here. I just feel like that's going to be a different game later on. Absolutely. Rutgers has shown it's going to be a different yeah. game later on. So there are so many tough games, I think, in the second half of the schedule. That, February is brutal, man. Yes. It, like, it's it's bad for, for Illinois. So getting this win was so important with where this season can go for Illinois. Now you get another quad one win because before this, they only had Iowa as a quad one win. They had no others. Um, So you get that, you know, change season changing win out of the way. You prove to yourselves and you know, the country that you can beat top 25 teams. This is the first time they had had beaten one this season. 
Um, you come close against Arizona and Purdue, of course, but those those are still losses. Um, you finally get over the hump, you get that win, and it changes completely. I think where the season can go, they're in control of their own destiny, and uh, Big Ten teams back with the target on Illinois' back, I think, because you fell off for two games in a row. If you lose, you make it three. Like teams yeah. kind of forget about you, and at that I think point. they prove that they belong in the top twenty-five. Yes, like you said, if you want to be in the top twenty-five, which look at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, but it does matter from a national mm-hmm. perspective. You want to be in the top twenty-five, yes. and so this proves to everyone and themselves that they're worthy of being a top twenty-five team, and that they're probably a top twenty team. You yeah. know, so yeah. now go out and prove it. Go out and win a game at Northwestern that you should win, and then move to eight and two halfway through the league schedule. That would put them once again at sixteen and yeah. four if that played out in the second half, like it did in the like it did in the first half. I don't see that happening because February is really tough, man. <laughs> like you've got some road games in there that are yeah. that are going to be very difficult. But you set yourself up, and that's the biggest thing. And that's all you can do is put yourself in a mm-hmm. good position with two losses in there where you feel like you know you probably could have won. I mean, yeah, you, you know, absolutely. You're you're in a Maryland game against a bad team on the road, and you. You played poorly. You should have won that game. Yeah. And in Purdue, you were right there. You took them to overtime, mm-hmm. and the number three team in the country, and and you didn't win. So there, there's a case that they could be ten and zero. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that that's like all that far fetched. Yeah. You know? And you know, I'm maybe the team doesn't think about it like this, but maybe they should because and it probably helps with their confidence to think that you know they were right there and there are only two losses. There yes. there weren't any games like. This game last year in East Lansing where right. they were completely out of it and they weren't even, you know, cl- close to to being in it. So th- this team should feel good about where they are now. And I think this win helps a lot with that. Um, the the whole Brown Underwood and the culture win uh, phrase going around afterwards, that's going to resonate for a few days, for a few weeks even. And I think the team's going to feel the the good vibes from this for a while. Yeah, and something to pinpoint on. I think that's huge for a team. Mm-hmm. It, as a team creates its own identity, and there's certain things of the past that are important, yes, mm-hmm. but a team has to create its own identity every single season. You have to build those moments, good or bad, and learn from them. And this this is exactly it. This is one of those moments without Kofi, without Curbelo, that they found a way to get it done. All right, for Andy Olson, I'm Brett Behrens. Thanks so much for listening to the WCIA 3-1 podcast. Illinois wins 56-55 the final, 14-5 now overall, 7-2 in the Big Ten. And we'll do it again Saturday after Illinois at Northwestern, 3.30 tip in that one on the Big Ten Network. Hope you enjoyed the game. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.